0: Uh, Hello, this is Robert Rickover at uh, Body Learning. And today my guest is Diana Rumrill, who's um, a physical therapist, a violinist, singer, and uh, most importantly for the purposes of this conversation, a recent graduate of an Alexander Technique training course, in her case the Philadelphia School for the Alexander Technique. And we're going to talk today about uh, the general question, if someone's starting to think they might want to train to be an Alexander Technique teacher, uh, what are some considerations in terms of, of, well, I suppose, first of all, whether that's a good idea, and also, uh, <laughs> and also um, if you do want to train, and you and you have a choice of schools. Uh, what would you look for uh, in a school? What 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 are some criteria? And also maybe what a little bit what it's like to be on an Alexander technique training course. Uh, Diana, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Robert, how's it going? It's
0: going great. It's going great. So you graduated, um, I think about six or seven months ago. Am I right on that?
1: I believe you are. Yes, yeah, last early, December.
0: Early. We're talking in 2012, so late last year. Um, and I assume that your training course was roughly three years in length. Is that right?
1: Yes, roughly three years. I took a little longer, and I'm actually still making up a few tail end hours. Mm-hmm. But if you were able to attend you know, every single training um Time then it could be approximately three years.
0: I think three years uh, is pretty standard in the Alexander world, uh, at least for certified courses. Uh, it's a fairly intense process at least in my experience. I, I trained a long time ago over uh, over 30 years ago, um, but it was certainly one of the most intense but enjoyable, uh... periods of my life uh... what 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 is your overall take on that three-year experience or uh, your experience with teacher training
1: yes definitely intense <laughs> but enjoyable um... could sum it up It was a uh, very interesting coming from the background i came from i went to physical therapy school as my main education and so I didn't really know so much what to expect in terms of the training. I thought it would be kind of a more of a i don't know i, I just had my my um <laughs> you know train my training in in an academic you know strict academic setting to go by mm-hmm. so i i wasn't entirely sure if we would have exams mm-hmm. and um you know th- kind of things like that are you know extremely structured in semesters and um i i had i got used to and loved the the structure of my particular training school that was a little bit more like a, a one-room schoolhouse where people mm-hmm. yes. helped each other learn, which I, I'm assuming is more or less the case. I think that's. I
0: think so. My sense is that most Alexander technique training courses are fairly small in numbers. I mean, I guess there are a few that that are that are larger, but a lot of training courses maybe only have uh, oh, I don't know, under a dozen people. So certainly under twenty. Some are very small indeed, and they're kind of uh, almost—it's almost kind of like an apprenticeship process in a way. Um, Very, it's very intense in that the uh, student-to-teacher ratios are very low. I think, um, I think for uh, typically under five to one, but often lower than that. So it's not like I I I can well imagine it's, it bears very little relation to physical therapy school. Uh, with, <laughs> right <with exam>. one. <laughs> yeah, and with exams and so on. I mean, it doesn't tend to have that kind of academic structure. It's um there may be p- parts of it where you're learning anatomy and so on. There's a little there's some elements of that but a lot of it is really kind of hanging out with senior teachers and absorbing from them uh the basis basis of the work wouldn't would you would you agree with that description i just made that up just now
1: yeah no i i would and it's it's so so experiential of course mm-hmm. um you know you can you can vouch for this but that that was another interesting you know, thing to come from a, a very academic sort of paradigm where you can cram for a test. Right. <laughs> you know, and you might you might be good at cramming for tests, for example. And um, it's there's nothing like that. You you there's no um, there's no faking it. You have to really do the work for yourself and experience the work in your own body at your own rate, um, and your own ways. And it's it's good however you do it and that was wonderful and so refreshing to encounter that but but just different than my only paradigm I really had of learning
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I I remember when I first uh, started the training course in in London it was a fairly new course at that time and uh, in the little brochure that came with the course there was some allusion to a continuous assessment that every semester you'd kind of be let know, you you would be told how you're doing. So the first semester went by and no one said anything to me and. I thought, well, maybe it'll take a couple of semesters for them to figure it out. (laughs) And um, never once was it. it, Because that kind of isn't really the way Alexander Technique training courses work, which doesn't mean that they're not um, intense and in their own way quite rigorous. Oh, yes. I think it's it's more rigorous in some ways. more, More rigorous. But it's a kind of rigor that doesn't lend itself, as you say, to uh, exams or that sort of thing, uh, writing papers. Um, It it is a much more free-flowing atmosphere, typically. And, um, I, you know, I can, only, I can speak from my experience in, in London back in the late 70s and 80s. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was the most amazing thing to show up every morning and be hanging out in this Alexander world for three hours. Um, ask, qu- asking questions, uh, discussing things, working with each other. You know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience.
1: Oh, definitely. I,
0: I do think some people, uh, some people who've had Alexander lessons and are, are intrigued by it and drawn to it, um, make a decision to attend the training course as a way of getting more work for themselves more than even the thought that they're going to end up teaching at the end of it. I've seen that quite often. And I guess it's fair to say that um, a significant Percentage of people who graduate from training courses uh, don't ever actually end up doing much teaching, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've noticed that or not.
1: I have. I I think it's interesting um, to my you know. I definitely am you know much 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 newer to this work than you are, but I I think that it it takes a lot of dedication. And a lot of single pointedness to really make your living as an Alexander teacher. It doesn't um, have a, you know, kind of neat job description that you can apply for, for example, mm-hmm. and someone mm-hmm. will give you a job. So I I think it combines well with a lot of different disciplines, mm-hmm. but it's it can be a challenge if your plan is to, you know, simply make 100% of your living from your Alexander teaching. Definitely lots of people do it, but... I, I think that might be part of it as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: it's not, it's not likely, unless you're in an unusual situation, to just come to you, that kind of living. Um, I mean, sometimes you have people who are on a training course who, for example, are are on the faculty of a university, and when they graduate, they can just segue right into teaching Alexander at the university, but that's not the typical path. I mean, usually it's people who, if they're going to end up teaching, have to kind of create their own market.
1: Right. You know, perhaps they're a voice teacher or, could be, you know, work with athletes or some sort of a context.
0: Yeah. Now, um, I think it might be worth talking a little bit about choosing a course, assuming you have a choice. Certainly in a number of larger cities, you would have a choice if you're free to move. Your choice extends really around the world, and I don't know what the number of training courses is now, but I'm guessing it's upwards of 50 or 60, which is probably close to uh, seven or eight times what it was back in in the late 70s. There's a huge choice now. And when I went to England, there were only four training courses. And I, I have no idea how many are there now, but it's a lot more than than four. So given the large number of courses and the possibility you, you may have to choose, what are some things that you would look for as a prospective uh, student?
1: That's a good question. Well, you know, certainly you know, can you get to the <laughs> the course? Can you get there? Yeah. That's a good right. start. Can you get there? Right. And there are, are plenty of people who, you know, live quite far away from their course and do a, you know, weekend sort of arrangement. So there mm-hmm. are, are, that was the case with my course, which is uh, three hours away from where I live in Washington, DC.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And, and, In addition, that sort of a course let me have my full-time job, which I needed to, you know, support myself and be able to take the course at the same time with that structure. So those Mm -hmm. are some things I was looking for Mm -hmm. in the structure. Um,
0: Although an awful lot of courses wouldn't allow you that flexibility, I think.
1: Right, there's a lot of residential courses. Like a lot this. of them. You
0: really have right. to be there. I mean, you have to live pretty close to where the course is because it's going to be five, four or five days a week for maybe, I don't know, 35 weeks a year, something like that. So when I was in England, there were all lots of Americans and Australians and other people who had moved there specifically to train. Um, so... I mean, that's certainly a factor. Um, How about uh, all other things being equal? What sort of thing would you look for? If you go to visit a course, which I would certainly recommend you do before uh, signing up, uh, what would you look for in terms of, is this going to be the right place for me?
1: I really was struck by, in my particular course, how everyone worked together, how the students uh, really, you know, genuinely cared for each other, and uh, helped each other, mm-hmm. and the the whole atmosphere was one of, you know, we're all learning together, and mm-hmm. um, I was really amazed by it. the students there could learn out of any experience. We could be you know, um, you know, looking at the wall and they would, somebody would help the rest of the group come up with this amazing learning experience that would (laughs) relate to, you know, some, some great breakthrough. And, uh, we would all be helping each other learn. And that, that was what really struck me about the community of learners. Mm -hmm. So such an interesting uh, group of people. So that was, that was one. And then the teacher, um, The teachers themselves, so for me, uh, Martha Hanson Furtman, um, was really willing to to work with me, to meet me where I was, um, and just a combination, you know, great integrity and... um, at the same time so warm and welcoming so that that was the vibe that I got Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I don't think that's the vibe all the time Uh, certainly not back in the when I went to England to check out the training courses that was not the vibe everywhere at all in fact um, it was a pretty I, I had a couple of Couple of training courses I went to that I'd get out, I'd leave after the three hours, and I think to myself, there's no way I'm going to spend three years uh, doing three hours a day (laughs) in this location. (laughs) It's just never going to happen. And fortunately, there was a a course where it was kind of like the way you described, very. um, free flowing very friendly, helpful, you really got a sense that everyone was there to learn, but there was no stuffiness about it at all it was it was um, it seemed like kind of be a fun place to be for three years and it, it definitely was um, Maybe it would be worth um, se- so certainly, if you go to visit a training course, you want to take into account the fact that if you 're feeling uncomfortable. If your if you're if your sense is this is not where I like to spend uh, whatever it is 1600 hours I believe is pretty pretty typical, um, then chances are that's not really the course for you. Uh, I do I mean I know there are examples of people who put up with a lot of stuff just to get get through it, but to me uh, that's almost contradicts what the alexander technique is all about would you would you agree with that or do you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah i personally would agree with it i mean i know everyone's different in their learning styles and some people maybe like a more severe atmosphere and they they like that kind of um you know delineated you know structure and you know we're not here to to necessarily be each other's friends or you know right um I I think some people do genuinely sort of like an element of that, but Mm -hmm, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And it's not like you're just sitting at a desk next to these people doing, you know, um, you know, calculus problems, you're putting your hands on each other and you're, you know, you're sharing, you know, pretty serious, you know, details of your learning process with them. Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to, to get along.
0: Yeah, and I mean, mean, I'm just thinking that uh, in terms of, say, an ordinary Alexander Technique lesson, as someone, a student coming to a teacher for a lesson is likely to learn a lot more effectively if they're comfortable in the room with the teacher, if there's some level of comfort between the two of them, if the teacher is someone that they're inherently leery of or... Uh, don't have a good feeling about it. it's going to be tougher to learn. And that would be at least as true, if not more so, on a training course.
1: Yeah, I know. It definitely is for, for me Yeah, and as a teacher as well.
0: And I guess another thing that we probably should uh, mention um, that in the Alexander world, there are um, some pretty distinct approaches to teaching the technique which differ from each other significantly. And uh, that is something that um, you you might want to factor in as well. Do you have any any things you'd like to say about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I I think one thing that is Great about Alexander Technique is it can be approached in so many different ways, mm-hmm. and that there isn't only one way to do it that will be helpful to people. Um, and you have to find, I think, what works best with your personality. But um I, you know, without getting into you know, controversies and you know, sticky topics, so one might be more of the group learning approach versus the um, individual learning approach? Mm-hmm. Is that one, one thing that you're thinking of?
0: Um, well, maybe. I mean, Alexander training courses generally are kind of a group learning situation, but there are some traditions that would frown, for example, on teachers doing teaching group work, I guess, and some that would encourage it. I, I think uh, one of the big distinctions is Not so much group work, but um, how much emphasis is there on how you're thinking about yourself, how you're directing yourself, as opposed to how well are you letting a teacher move you around or manipulate you? That's a gross oversimplification, but there is kind of a distinction in that. I would say in that uh I don't know whether you've run into those variations or not.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't, you know, I you know, you have so much more experience in, you know, different schools of thought in this way than I do, but I could definitely see in terms of individual teachers you know there are there are some that have an approach of you know I'm going to you know kind of surrender to what I'm doing to you with with my hands for a right, bit right right and um as opposed to maybe more letting a person uh bumble around a little bit in their own thinking and maybe sort of a more verbal way with some hands on mm-hmm. to directing them is that is that yeah, what you mean yeah that's
0: that's certainly a good part of it i think there are there are some some approaches that would say, well, we, I don't want you bumbling around because you don't know enough to bumble around efficiently, so I'm just going to show you. Um, whereas others would say, well, bumble around. You'll make mistakes, but you're going to learn from that. And uh, what, I, what we're really interested in is uh, the quality of your thinking about yourself. How are you... Hmm, I would say if Alexander uh, technique can be described as um, psychophysical re-education, which is a phrase Alexander used, I think there's some teachers who emphasize the physical a bit more, and others who emphasize the uh, psych- psycho or mental side of it more, and right. and that's a that can uh, lead to very different styles of teaching. There are some teachers who pretty much all their teaching is within a fairly narrow range of teaching procedures, like uh, table work, chair work, monkey, whatever, and, right. uh, and maybe, maybe if they're feeling daring, walking. Whereas <laughs> other teachers, um, pretty much any activity you do is fair game for an Alexander lesson you want to play play your violin well let's let's see what you do and um both both styles um have have validity i mean one style assumes that if you learn certain um more i guess you could call them stylized movements uh, ways of doing certain things very well um that's going to carry over into the rest of your life whereas the other approach would say well why not just go to the rest of the life of your life right away and work with that as well as maybe some of those standard procedures I don't know if that uh it's that does that make sense to you
1: yeah it's it's such an interesting distinction and I I think you know gosh there are just so many ways of of learning that i, I don't think there's a you know you, you can't say that 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 another person is going to um you know work well or not speak with that with that method because who knows they might it, it kind of reminds me a little bit in in music how there are some music teachers who emphasize um you know technique and etudes and sort of an uh, abstract sort of a manner Mm -hmm. and there are some some teachers that more go right to uh to playing pieces even if those pieces don't sound so beautiful at the beginning um because they want to get to the experiential part of it and i i don't think either one is wrong but they're they're just different and different minds work differently
0: i think that's a very nice analogy um I think that captures some of that basic difference very well. I mean from in my own case, uh my my the main teaching influence on me was a woman named Marge Barstow who was very much in the second category, let's just work with you where you are right now and very interested in how you were thinking. She didn't didn't want you to be lazy in your thinking. And um uh, I remember once sitting in a one or, sitting in one of her classes, and this is years after I'd finished training, and looking around and thinking, and imagining that I was visiting that visiting her for the first time and never had any lessons. And I'm not sure the me that took lessons years and years ago would have had any idea what was going on, and might have been a bit put off by it. Because my, my first teacher was a very uh, traditional, you know, very much a procedure guy, you know. He was uh, very much in that mode and um, he had great hands and a lot of people who studied with him uh, went on to become teachers and yet the way he taught is nothing like the way I would teach today. So as you say, there's a huge range, and I think, I think getting back to the teacher training course question, you do have to ask yourself a little bit, uh, how much is it going to matter. Like you might find the course that you, you like the feel of, but the style of teaching maybe you're a little dubious about. You've got to kind of weigh how important that is versus, you know, being able to enjoy yourself in, for three years.
1: So, right, you know, maybe go and ask questions of the other students, and absolutely, you know, Pr- know that preferably you
0: can... out of earshot of the uh, teachers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> get exactly. the real, get the real story on it. And I would say, if, if it's a, if you're if you're thinking of moving somewhere, um, if you can spend a week or so, a lot of training courses will let people hang out for a period of time. And I think that would be the I- ideal way to get a sense of whether this is going to be be right for you. So anything, anything else we should... Any other advice we want to impart to someone who... Uh, I You know, I should say, uh, I am always getting calls and emails from people who want to know how to train to be a teacher, and it turns out that they've never had a lesson. And I'm, I'm always kind of amazed at that, um, because I can't really imagine someone being on a teacher training course who didn't know something about the technique originally. Would you agree with that? Well, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I I don't know what it is, but I didn't
1: have a lot of experience with um, taking lessons. I had a little bit, but some. But before I decided, I I kind of wanted to get into this more in depth mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i i just kind of saw it as a way of learning um, more deeply, so that may be where people like that are coming from.
0: I'm, I'm talking people who have never had a lesson and actually don't really know much about, it, aren't really clear what it is, but I think they see it as a career path of some sort. Ah, uh,
1: right, building the resume. Yeah. And
0: uh, I, I would, I would recommend to anyone who's in that situation certainly check out the Alexander technique, but don't sign up for a teacher training course until you've had some experience um i don't think i think generally most teacher training courses wouldn't let you uh sign up unless you've had some experience but i don't know
1: right i don't think you'd be very happy if you were simply there uh, as a resume builder yeah you know it's it's so so personal and so life-changing that really You know, you you need to, uh, yeah, get into it more in depth first before making that sort of a decision.
0: Plus, as a practical matter, if you want to build your resume in in order to further your career, I don't think getting an Alexander Technique teaching certificate is really the best way to go about doing that for three years. You might you'd be better off going to business school or something like that, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to add before we, we bring this uh, conversation to a close?
1: I think we, we covered it. I, I think it's so, um, it's so interesting, the, the variety that's out there. And, um, you know, there, there's something for everyone who is interested in going through the training course.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a, It can be an incredible experience. I, I, uh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Well, um, today my guest has been Diana Rumrill, who's uh, a recent graduate of uh, Alexander Technique Training Course. She lives in Washington, D.C. We'll put a link to her, and she also is a physical therapist and a violinist and a singer. We'll put a link to her site by the uh, interview, We'll also put a link to a more general site about the Alexander Technique, and I'll put a link to a site which uh, will tell you how to find an Alexander Technique training course. As I said earlier, there are quite a few now around the world, and uh, uh, a lot of them have websites, and you can check them out online. Diana, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Robert.